Welcome everyone, this is season two of The Nest. And if this is your first time tuning in, I'm one of your hosts, Gabby Suarez. And I'm Monica Yesa, and you're listening to A Nest Original. We're here joined by... Eric Pedrosa. And he's in the <laughs> Coast Guard. And before we get into it, can you tell us how you got into the Coast Guard and what led you that direction? So what got me into the Coast Guard, actually, uh, the Coast Guard wasn't my first choice. It was, I think I was working a retail job. Uh, probably a year after high school. Just kind of trying to pay for schooling, uh, taking classes here and there, whatever it is that I could pay. Uh, And a friend of mine actually called me up and talked to me about joining the Marines. Uh, They had some uh, program where him and I, we could, I guess, join together. And then since we are from the same city, uh, they could try and keep us together uh, we would be able to train together depending on what it is that we were doing. I think it was called the Battle Buddy Program. I don't know if they still have that. Uh, throughout the uh, time of me figuring out whether or not the Marines would be a good fit for me, I spoke to a recruiter. I actually had a recruiter come to my house and talk to me and my parents, my mom and my stepdad at the time, who is also a veteran, veteran of the Army, and has actually gone in through the infantry and was also uh, an airborne ranger. During the interview, parents were cool with it. They were watching him do the plan, pretty much where it was to go from basic training all the way to what I was aspiring to go into, which was uh, Marine Recon, and then further on training after that. Uh, as soon as the recruiter left, my mother broke down crying, <laughs> as I would expect every mother to do with their child. Yeah. And my stepfather actually came up and told me, he's like, you don't want to go into the infantry. Uh, I didn't really ask why it was that he said that. I find out later on uh, why it's probably not good to like, you know, ask somebody, it's like, oh, well, oh, how many people have you killed or anything like that? It's kind of a really disrespectful thing to ask. Not a lot of people kind of see that as a a badge of honor um, to do that. And from there, I kind of checked out the Air Force and I checked out the Coast Guard. Um, And the Coast Guard was actually the best fit for me as far as what it is that I'd be able to do Uh, in the Coast Guard and what I could do outside of the Coast Guard since the Coast Guard is a Department of the Homeland Security. So when I get out of the Coast Guard, I have a much broader area of expertise that I could go to should I decide to get another federal job after the Coast Guard. Uh, And then 2010, I joined into the Coast Guard, first day of basic training, and I immediately thought, what did I get myself into? And here I am, uh, let's see, it's going to be 2021, so I'll be roughly 11 years in this coming February. So yeah, I plan on trying to make it to 20, if not even further, making this a career, retiring, yeah, and anything else God has planned for me. That's incredible, honestly. And your base is inside the United States. I have, I know someone who is in the Army. And they've been all over the place. They've been to San Francisco. They're in Japan right now. And so do you move a lot 
within the country or do you stay in one place? No, the Coast Guard actually moves quite a lot depending on the billet that your position is in and as well as what your specialty in the Coast Guard is depends on how often you can move. Uh, for example, I am a maritime law enforcement specialist in the Coast Guard. So my job in the Coast Guard is, I guess, fairly broad. I am a subject matter expert in all things uh, that deal with law enforcement in the maritime domain or out in the water, uh, as well as responding to terrorist threats to any of our major port systems, such as the Miami port, Charleston, yeah. New York, LALB, let's see, anti-terrorism is another big part of our uh, training and what of our focus in. Recreational law enforcement, so making sure that when boaters are out enjoying the water on their crafts, whatever it is, be a catamaran, sailboat, private yacht, small dinghy, uh, even if somebody's, you know, in a, I don't know, a, a tube with an umbrella and a uh, I know, leaf blower, right? That is still can be considered a, uh, a mode of conveyance. So we just try and educate the public in that department. And then we also try and uh, protect our local marine resources. So making sure that one, the fishermen that are in the area are allowed to be in the area and are fishing for the prescribed fish that they have uh, gotten authorization to fish. And two, making sure that those fishermen aren't overfishing or taking in underweight or undersized fish and or maybe taking um, lobsters that, that currently have eggs on them. That's something that's actually illegal and people mm -hmm. can get fined very heavily for that. Um, but we move around a lot. Um, my billet currently, I'm a law enforcement instructor uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. And I'm actually due to transfer this coming summer. Um, before that, I was part of a counter-narcotics division in uh, Miami, Florida. So, and in that job in and of itself, I have been to more places outside of the United States than I have been inside of the United States. Uh, in any Caribbean island, I've been there. I've been to Spain, I've been to Africa, um, I've been, uh, let's see, to uh, St. Thomas and Kitts. Uh, I've been to Trinidad and Tobago. I've been to Colombia. Um, I've been to Venezuela. Uh, let's see, Panama. I mean, the list, the list can go on and on. Um, and that unit, I was there for five years. And then before that, I was at a boat in Key West for a year and eight months. The next billet that I go to could be three years. It could be four years. Could be as long as six years yeah uh, and then it's kind of like a rotation like that so yeah and you mentioned that before you did a retail job and so how did you first get so you you said your friend mentioned that you could join the marines together but how did you really like get convinced to join because that's a really dangerous you know it's a big decision yeah, it, it is a decision, and to this day, I say that it is the uh, best decision that has ever happened to me, uh, best um, choice that I've made that really propelled my my life, as well as not only my uh, personal um, endeavors, but also my professional endeavors. Um, what 
I mean, what really led me into that, into actually going into the military and, and going towards that is the fact that I was, I was pretty lost after, after high school. Um, I didn't have any kind of specific goal. I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do as far as school-wise or as a profession. Um, I was going through college, but like taking maybe one, maybe two classes a semester, if I was even able to pay those classes. Uh, they were just general education classes. I wasn't even like a specific focus. And part of that was due to the fact that I myself didn't have an idea of what it is that I wanted to focus in. Um, coming across the Coast Guard, talking to the recruiter, seeing all the available jobs that the Coast Guard had, uh, and what interested me was the maritime law enforcement. Uh, that's kind of what set me on on my my path, really, uh, focusing on homeland security, doing law enforcement. Um, albeit, I thought the law enforcement was going to be um, more, I don't know, I guess like a, a beat cop on the streets. Uh, it ended up being high-speed chases out on the open ocean, getting my butt kicked by the weather, by the waves. I mean, I've, I learned to be, to accept the fact that as long as my boots are dry and my socks aren't wet, I'm good to go, no matter what the mission is. So like after I joined into the Coast Guard and I really started to learn what my purpose is in the Coast Guard, and that's even when I was uh, like newly reported. And then when I finally got into my specialty and grew into that is when I really started to focus on like what it is that I can do in the Coast Guard and how I benefit for the Coast Guard as well as the Coast Guard benefits from me with my dedication to the job. Let me ask you a question. What does the general teaching and training entail when going into, you know, the military? So the general teaching for the Coast Guard, at least, deals a lot with uh, seamanship and being able to understand and acknowledge certain military orders. So with the Coast Guard, obviously, it's the seagoing service. You need to be able to know how to work lines, know how to work on large vessels without losing your hand or foot when you're working the lines. Um, knowing what kind of vessels are out in the ocean, learning different nations, uh, flags, nationalities. Uh, if you are doing a case, uh, for example, with law enforcement and you're dealing with uh, possible drug runners, uh, learning those different kinds of operations as far as how you transport the individuals from their boat onto your boat, how you handle the drugs, uh, how you handle the evidence that's on that boat, uh, going more towards the recreational side, ensuring that vessels of certain sizes have the specific safety equipment that they need, um, going into local marine uh, resources, ensuring that you know what area it is that you operate in, what the catches are for the year round, knowing how to speak with the individuals, um, with uh, the citizens and the fishermen as well, because different people could be in different demeanors. Uh, in the event that you have somebody who might be uh, under the influence of whether it be alcohol or an 
another substance, being able to deal with that, identify it, and then react accordingly. Because in those situations, a lot of things can go haphazardly if the individual either perceives you in some way or they are just completely, uh, I guess, confused on the matter of what's going on. Um, for going back to the basic training, following commands, uh, understanding your role, specifically on a boat, uh, it's really simple. Um, I mean, they kind of call it like, uh, what is it? So the Coast Guard training is just eight weeks. And that's kind of like their slogan when you go onto their website and they have a uh, like a, a, a video that you look at and it's literally called Just Eight Weeks. And some of the portions that they have in there are when the company commanders or the, the drill instructors are like screaming at the students, uh, asking them nautical terms, asking them their uh, general orders. Uh, it's really almost like a breaking down of the individual to a level where they like they they understand what they need to do to be able to to get through this and then when they're at that level then they build them up with teamwork camaraderie uh togetherness uh less of a view on well what can i do to get better and more of what can we do to get better yeah. So you mentioned that when you were thinking of the law enforcement side of Coast Guard, you were thinking like it would be more casual, but how else was it different than how you expected? Like how was the whole experience different than what you pictured? So the experience was different in the fact that um, one, the law enforcement that I could possibly get into um, where I'm not just doing uh, warrants or responding to somebody's house, the events are a lot more dynamic being out in the open ocean. Um, what I was specifically interested in was more of the um, counter-narcotics portion. And when I graduated from my specialty school and I got to go to um, Tacklet South or Tactical Law Enforcement Team South, which is based out of Opalaka, uh, I was able to spend five years there going on Navy frigates, going on Coast Guard ships, going on Dutch vessels, going on Canadian vessels, working with the British, and essentially chasing down drug runners, trying to find uh, semi-submersible uh, self-propelled vessels, which are kind of like these submarines that drug runners are using to try and uh, evade detection and get drugs from either Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, um, maybe even from Jamaica, uh, from Mexico, and into the United States. Uh, I really enjoyed the fact of doing the law enforcement training, but on top of that law enforcement training, the tactical sustainment training that comes into that. So most people when they think of like tactical, they'll probably think of SWAT team, uh, or maybe they'll think of uh, the movie with um, uh, Colin Farrell in the movie SWAT, where you know it's like these all these awesome, cool uh, police officers, and they're like snipers, and they're like clearing houses, and they're they got flashbangs, and they're putting you know criminals on the ground, putting handcuffs on them. Uh, the Coast Guard does 
have all of that. Yes, the Coast Guard does have what we call precision marksmen, which are actually individuals that sit in a helicopter that is flying at maybe, I don't know, 70 to maybe 100 miles an hour, depends on how fast that helicopter needs to go on to follow this moving vessel. And it's pretty much going side by side. And these guys are trained to shoot from a moving helicopter at another moving vessel at a specific portion in the back of the boat to shoot the engines out without accidentally shooting anybody on the boat. So that whole portion of being able to do that counter drug mission and stopping criminals from getting drugs into the United States is more or less what really drew me into the law enforcement side. And I found out that that's not the only thing that the Coast Guard does in the law enforcement side. You know, we also teach the public. We also teach other Coast Guard members to be able to do law enforcement, as well as doing the local marine resources and the obviously uh, counter narcotics as well. What do you think are some things we need to, you know, bring more awareness to regarding veterans and military experience? So what I would say would be really just the remembrance of what not only veterans do, but also what active duty individuals uh, do as well. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I get told, you know, oh, thank you for your service. Um, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this, but a lot of military members don't like broadcast that, hey, I'm in the military, like look at what I'm doing. Uh, a lot of individuals in the military are what we call quiet professionals. Uh, they don't, we don't do our job seeking fulfillment from the individuals that we are protecting or serving. We're, we're there doing our job because we want the citizens of the United States to be able to feel safe, to be able to enjoy the freedom that they have. Um, a lot of veterans and or active duty members that you might see out are following a legacy, legacy left by either a grandfather or uh, heck, maybe even a grandmother that might have served in some of the past wars that the United States has been a part of. Uh, and it's, it all comes down to service, right? We're, we're in the service to serve the United States and the people in it. So one thing that I would ask for the public to do is to just remember not only those who are serving, but those who have served. Uh, I mean, that's, that's essentially what really Veterans Day is, is all about. Uh, to be specific, a veteran as per 38 U.S. Code 101, that term specifically states a veteran is someone who has served in a military service, be it Army, Navy, Air Force, um, Coast Guard, uh, even the National Guard, uh, and has since left the service under anything but dishonorable uh, discharge. So the, the whole fact of Veterans Day is to remember the individuals that have not only sacrificed their time, but unfortunately, what is the cost of a lot of our freedom? Many members have sacrificed their lives, sacrificed time with their family members in order to be able to make sure that the United States and everything it stands for, policies, uh, the people that are in it that get to enjoy 
even just to vote, just to remember the things that were fought for. And when you're in the Coast Guard, do you live on base? Or are you like, you're on base, right? So I do not live on base. Oh. Uh, depending on the unit that you're at, some units have on-base housing. Uh, but a lot of the times, units actually uh, need members to live off base. So me, currently, uh, I live out in the economy. Um, I don't live on the base, mainly because the instruction, um, the law enforcement academy that I work at, there is no housing there, really. Uh, there is a Navy base uh, that is also a school. Uh, it's where they teach a lot of the uh, submariners, the ones that are going to be working on the nuclear reactors on the submarines. They have a housing, and the Coast Guard kind of like operates in that same area. And there are some members that have like housing and stuff. Um, most military members live out in the economy. And how do you think serving has impacted your relationship with patriotism? Serving in the military has made me appreciate the United States a lot more. Um, I mentioned earlier that I've been to more places outside of the United States than I have been in the United States. And unfortunately, a lot of the things that I see in other countries, be they third world or otherwise, uh, is a lot of poverty. Um, I remember on a deployment in Africa, um, where we were training some of the um, different countries there, the different, I guess, the different African states there, uh, how to conduct uh, maritime operations as well as a join in on joint operations to help enforce their fisheries laws. Uh, a lot of the general public there lived in conditions that if we were to live in them, people would be in an uproar. But Yet I'm seeing kids and families, you know, playing soccer outside, uh, you know, carrying water to and from the, the well into their community. Um, there are plenty of countries that I've been able to help out and do some kind of voluntary uh, work, whether it's remodeling a church or um, building a foundation of somebody's house. Um, there, there are a lot of opportunities that opened up for me to be able to appreciate what I have in the United States and what is available to me as a citizen of the United States that many people don't have in other countries. And in fact, a lot of people sacrifice their lives and their families' lives to come to the United States. Um, uh, illegal migration is still happening. Um, even even with uh, Cuban refugees that are still trying to leave Cuba to get into the United States just because of the conditions that the country is in and or that the people in power have put the citizens in. So serving in the military has made me really appreciate my country and what my country lets me do as a citizen, whereas other citizens in other countries don't have at all, if anything. And obviously, since you live in economy and you kind of live a normal life outside of your service, how limited is your social media use? Like, do they track what you do or do you have a lot of freedom on the internet? So I purposefully 
uh, restrict my media use to nothing. <laughs> um, uh, I personally don't uh, go on social media all that much as far as if you're uh, counting Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, maybe the most social media that I do is maybe go on, on Reddit and look up a couple things that I'm interested in or I don't know, YouTube videos if I'm looking to do something like, I don't know, build a door, or maybe I'm trying to build a desk or trying to figure out what I can do on my car, if something breaks. Um, when I'm here in the United States, I don't use social media, really. Um, I don't go on Facebook, I don't go on Instagram, I don't like take pictures of my food and put it on my Twitter account. Uh, I'm not looking to see what the president is saying on Twitter either. Uh, but when I am underway, um, some vessels that I go on, some ships, uh, allow the use of uh, social media to a, a limited degree, um, obviously, because they, they have to try and keep things uh, as secret as they can. Uh, so our adversaries or drug runners and stuff don't know, oh, the boat is operating over here. So if a deployment allows me to be able to use Facebook Messenger. I'll use that to like contact my wife or uh, contact my mom on Facebook Messenger because it's just a lot faster than um, an email. But if that's not available, I do have emails. So in the United States, no social media whatsoever. Um, Honestly, the most that I get is from what my wife tells me. Oh, hey, did you see your sister posted this? And she'll show me the video. But uh, other than that, I don't really use social media. Well, that's enough for today. We want to give a huge thank you to Eric. For no, thank, thank you all. This is, I, I really appreciate this and appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. So make sure to check out Dralic County Prep's social media. And we hope to catch you next week on the next. Thank you.